What's good, everybody? We are back at it again with another Your Wrong Sir episode. Um, oh my god, y'all, I'm so excited! I'm so excited for this one. I know I probably say that like every single episode, but I think that just shows you know my passion just flowing through the podcast because every time I sit down in front of a microphone, I'm like, yes, like I'm refreshed. I miss it, I love it. I haven't recorded an episode like sitting down in front, um, that wasn't pre recorded probably in about three weeks two weeks so that's a long time for me I missed I missed you guys I missed the microphone I missed recording episodes and I was just like you know what let me sit down right after class let me get into this episode let me record it but I know I started off long-winded but I hope all is well I hope everything's going well with every single person who's listening to this episode. Thank you for listening. If you are, I really appreciate you. Um, the community you guys have shown me so far is like immense and amazing. And if you haven't, come on, y'all know I got a little ax, little call to action. I need you guys to subscribe to the podcast if you're listening on any streaming platform. If you're watching on my YouTube channel, hey, tune in, subscribe, press the red button below. But we're really gonna hop right into it. I had an absolutely amazing weekend um so from last thursday march 3rd to march 6th was phenomenal for me and one of the most life-changing moments that i've ever had in my life thus far and um, i was talking to joshua grady shout out to joshua and Lyd, lydia grady joshua's wife and she um i'm telling joshua like bro this trip was amazing. Like, I loved it. It was this, it was that. This is who I connected with, et cetera. And he was like, man, you got to record a podcast episode on this, right? Because I didn't um, record the moment for YouTube because I wanted to be present, as present as possible. And I was like, cool. I'm going to record a podcast episode. It relates to sports. It's about what I want to do. And I think my audience and the people who are listening will appreciate it, the conversations, and really just the insight and takeaways that I have for you all from this experience. So I'll just even start from where it all started. So from March 3rd to March 6th, I attended the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference in Boston. Uh, It was life-changing, y'all. But before I hop into how the experience was, I got to tell you guys how I even found out about this. Because I mean, we all hear the school MIT and, you know, for a lot of STEM people, it's like, oh, MIT, that's the place, right? But I had never heard, I've never been to a sports conference before. And I had never heard of this specific sports conference, right? And so one day, I'm in I'm in a program called Management Leadership for Tomorrow, um, an abbreviation MLT. And MLT is the huge part of why I got my Nike internship. They're just a huge reason for a lot of the success I've had in the past year, right? And with that being said, um, MLT sends us newsletters every single week, every month, and they're always sending us opportunities, whether it's a workshop, whether it's a resume workshop, whether it's an interview with another company or telling us the applications are open, they're always sending something. And I always tell people, especially with MLT or any opportunity that you have, right? You make the best of the opportunity. Whatever you put into something, that's what you get out. So if you don't pay attention to the MLT email emails, you'll never, ever know what's coming. So I always try to just be cognizant, paying attention to the MLT emails. And an email came across, and I remember the uh, subject of the email saying sports conference. And I'm like, oh, sound like there's something for me. So I open my email. I'm going in there. And it's so crazy, you guys. I barely even paid attention to what conference it was. I didn't look into it. I was just like, oops, sports conference. And it was like a quick Google form where you could apply, um, say, like, why you're into sports, give a headshot, leave your resume, or something really quick. And I was like, 
you know what? I don't know if I'm going to do it. And I don't feel like doing a Google form. And then in that moment, I told myself like, nope, do it. He's never know what opportunity could come from it. So I fill out the Google form, um, sign up for the sports conference to apply and um, totally forgot about it. In all honesty, I'm sitting in class one day, maybe two, two, three weeks ago. And I get an email from um, MIT Sports Analytics Sloan Conference saying that I was accepted. And I'm like, whoa. So I'm like, sports. So I'm thinking and I'm like, oh, this is a sports conference that I applied to with the Google form through MLT. Mind you, y'all. I didn't know where the sports conference was. I didn't know what it was about. All I know was it's at a sports conference and <laughs> you get a mentor within the sports industry. So I'm like, how can you pass up on the opportunity, right? Perfect. So I'm like, okay, it's MIT sports, Sloan conference, whatever. So I get on Google, I look it up because I have no idea how huge this sports conference is, where it's located, what's, what's the T, right? I get on there. This is one of the biggest sports conferences that happens every single year. And I just got accepted without even knowing and remembering that I even applied. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. So I'm on a website. It's like, these are the guests this year. And I'm going through the list and it says Stephen, I mean, I'm sorry, Sue Bird says the previous guest last year was Stephen A. Jackson. I mean, Stephen A. Smith. Then it says um, Calvin Johnson is going to be here. Then it says Gary V, Michael Rubin. Then it says Omar Raja. Then it says Tim Clark. VP at NASCAR. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, Cheney, Ariel Chambers. I'm talking about huge people I follow every single day on Instagram. I'm like, mm, I cannot wait till I get to that person's position. And I have the opportunity to get into a sports conference for free, for free, and sit and listen to these people on this panel and possibly have the opportunity to introduce myself to people I call my idols, to people I watch on TV 24-7. Y'all, I'm in class. I'm in my business 301 class. I'm like, whoa, whoa. So I'm screenshotting. I said to my mom, like, mom, I got into this sports conference. I get it for free, whatever. I look up the general admission ticket because being a, a, accepted as a mentee within the program, you get into there for free. So you get a free ticket. So I'm like, mm, how much does the ticket cost? Whoa, whoa. I look at the prices. It says general admission is 1K whoa <laughs> vip 5k whoa i'm like Ooh, okay thank you god like <laughs> that's all i can say in class like god i thank you like i thank you because i didn't even know what i was applying for had no idea what i was getting myself into and turns out this is one of the biggest sports conference that will have panelists who are absolutely people i look up to and i crave to get in touch with all the time so that they can see my value you know so i'm like wow Perfect. How I felt about this opportunity when I figured it out, I was so excited. I was so grateful and thankful. Um, I don't know if you guys are religious and spiritual, but I am. And every single time I get a big opportunity that comes my way and that I'm not expecting, I always just say, God, thank you. So God, thank you. This is me thanking you again, even after this experience and just realizing how beautiful, how life-changing and how necessary it was for me. It's so crazy how, you know, me not paying attention to something could just be a huge opportunity for me. Fast forward, um, I get, I, I, I'm like, hey, I accepted my ticket. They say you have to find your lodging there. I get my flight, my round trip. I meet up with another mentee. We get a hotel room. Everything's perfect. So now I'm like, great opportunity. But I'm not sure if you guys, whoever's listening, if you want to be in the sports industry, whatever, 
I have imposter syndrome for real, okay? If I don't have imposter syndrome, I don't know who does, right? So I'm like, man, like, well, I kind of have imposter syndrome. Like, what am I going to do well? Are these people going to see my value? I've never been to a sports conference this big. I mean, Sue Bird's on the panel. Calvin Johnson's on the panel. Gary Vee's on the panel. But how do I get down? How do I get them to talk to me? So many other people who can add just as much or maybe more value than I can. How do I make Anaya stand out? Right. I was tripping about it. I was nervous. I'm like, oh, like, what am I going to do? So I set up a, a, a meeting with my MLT coach. Shout out Mrs. Carmen Franco. I love you. I thank you. I appreciate you. I get on. And she's talking with me and she's such an intelligent person. We had a 30 minute conversation and I came out like, woo, clarity. I had it. Right. And so I'm on the call and we're talking and I'm like, hey, like Miss Franco, like I, I, I'm going to the sports conference, but I'm nervous. What do I do? How do I prepare? How do I make sure that I am, you know, just making this productive and I'm getting the best out of this situation? I'm milking this free this free trip. Right. So she told me a couple of things, but I'll tell you guys some of the things that really just stood out to me. And I was like, wow. So she told me, um, like, who do you want to go? Who do you want to be going into the podcast? I mean, into, I'm sorry, podcast conference. And who do you want to be leaving out of the conference? And I was like, whoa, that's a, that's a good question. Then she told me, who are the top three people from the pot, the uh, panel that you want to speak to? I'm like, Sue Bird, Gary V, Cheney. She's like, okay, have your 30-second pitch ready. Who are you? Find a commonality between you and every each one of these three individuals and figure out how will you stand out? How will they remember you? But how can you make this one-minute conversation or however much time it is meaningful? How do you get everything out of this experience, right? I said, okay, like, yeah. Then she says, um, like, reach out to the talent, their talent and their team before the conference. What's the worst you can get a no? And y'all know I'm huge on success favors those who are aggressive. So I said, okay, I want to talk to Sue Bird. Found her team's um, information in her bio and Instagram, reached out. Gary V, he didn't have a team information, DM'd him on Instagram. So many people are doing that, but I never know. He may see mine. Chanae reached out to her team at CAA. I wrote down the questions that I wanted to ask these people. So Chanae, I'm like, you know, one thing I love about Chanae is she's a WNBA player, but a lot of the times people remember her and associate her as being an ESPN analyst. How do you get the respect while still being a player that's active um, within one of the highest professional leagues ever to have respect as a commentator, a journalist, et cetera? I want to know how do I get to that point? Cool. That was what I wanted to ask her. Gary V, huge social presence, et cetera. I wanted to ask about MLT, NFTs because I'm interested in the space, but also when it comes to a person who's, you know, trying to build your platform, trying to build a community and you're just up and coming and you don't have an inherited um, company like he did with his dad's wine company. How do I stand out? How do I build a community? How do I build my following? You know, we see a lot of things on social media where people talk about, hey, post it this time. But I feel like there's no better person to get advice from than from somebody who's already experienced, right? Sue Bird, my podcast, I built it on the mission of um, just enlightening people about the importance of women in sports, showing people that women are knowledgeable and they can talk about things in sports, they can articulate, and most importantly, they can understand, right? 
I want to ask her with my podcast, how can I best help you? How can I best help WNBA players? How can me being a part of the media, wanting to be a part of the media, right? When only 4% of um, SportsCenter, Bleach Report, et cetera, and their posts are catered to women, but the rest are men. How do I make sure that I'm using my small platform in a way to push that number up, to get more people to see, to get more people to be in tune with your greatness, right? Those were the questions. So I said, okay. And then I thought about it. Who am I? Who am I going into this? I wrote that down. And then I said, who would I like to be coming out? I want my horizons broadened. I want to become a better podcaster simply because all of the panels had great conversations and I'm hearing multiple perspectives and knowing which conversations are necessary. And I take back the different perspectives of Sue, of Gary, of Michael, of Calvin, of so many people. And I say, hmm. That's that's the topic I want to talk about on my podcast. Or this is a future documentary series that I'm going to write down and have in my arsenal. So when it's time to pitch it, Anaya's ready, right? I also said I want to co connect with fellow MLT, my peers, people who are also in college like myself, and build a genuine relationship with them. There's one thing to network, but there's a different thing to build a genuine relationship where I could text this person, where we have, you know, years of experience with one another. So I know that whoever that person becomes, I can depend on them. Lastly, I want to become more confident in my elevator pitch. This is my first conference. So I want to come in. I want to test the waters. I want to see how it is. But I want to come out knowing Anaya, you that girl. Like, honestly, you got this, right? And so those were the things I wanted to have coming out of it. Y'all, when I say I did it, I did it. And I'm so proud of myself because I'm so proud of myself. Like, that's literally all I could say. So I hop into the experience. I finally get there. What is the MIT Sloan Sports Conference? You guys are probably wondering. Um, I would recommend you guys to look it up if you're listening at this podcast. The dates for next year's conference is going to be March 3rd and March 4th. Tune in. Tune in and tell them Anaya sent you. If you want to be in the industry, it is a life-changing experience. And I recommend everybody to do it. But the sports conference at MIT, it's basically organized by students, students that are in the MBA program, undergraduates, et cetera, within the school that's interested in analytics and sports. And they help put together a huge conference every single year with absolute heavy hitters on the panel. Um, in, in a short summary, that's basically what it is. And so I went in, they gave us a pamphlet. They also gave us just a little notebook to write our stuff down. They gave us pens to register, et cetera. I ended up landing in Boston on Thursday. I got there um, and I registered, got my uh, credentials, got my credentials, got everything that I needed to get. And they gave us a pamphlet with the panels every single day, every single time. They told us who the moderator would be and those who would be on the panel. So I listed out which ones I wanted to go to, which ones I were most excited about. Um, so I'm going to do a brief little kind of takeaway of each experience or each panel that I had from basically, you know, just to give you guys insight on what I learned from these panels and why they were so important from these great individuals. First panel of the day, it was in the Bill James conference room. It was called Disruptors. It was with Gary V, Michael Rubin, and a moderator. So I'm sure you guys are familiar with Gary V. He owns VaynerMedia. Um, huge fan of the uh, New York Jets uh, and, and a, just really a social media guru. Michael Rubin, he is the founder of CEO of Fanatics, founder of Fanatics, and he is also a part owner of the 76ers. Huge deal, right? So I'm listening 
And I literally have my notes here. So I'm going to read you guys just off of what my notes are saying, some of the biggest takeaways and points that I had. And I hope that you guys find this fruitful and you can write down notes for my takeaways. First thing that Gary Vee said, he said, it's rare that people have the steak and the sizzle. I'm like, what is the steak and the sizzle, right? So let's say the steak is a person with charisma, creativity, personable, um, able to communicate effectively with people. And then the sizzle is a person who's a planner, who's structured, who's operational, who's organized. So it's very rare that we find people with both the steak and the sizzle. And I was like, that's a fact, because sometimes I think I think I, I have a mixture of both. But I've seen a lot of people who are very great with ideas, et cetera, but they can't plan anything and they won't plan anything in advance and they aren't organized. And so I was like, that's a fact. Then we talk about NFT projects. Gary Vee's really big into NFT projects. So he said that 98 percent of NFT projects right now will crash. And I was like, hmm. And he basically said that this era of NFT projects, you know, when people are like, mm, this is terrible, this is this is this, this is that, excuse me, it reminds him so much of when the internet launched. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> like, that's a good metaphor. That's a good analogy. Because he said, when the internet first came out, some people said it was fat. Some people said it was the most life-changing thing that would ever happen. And those who believed in it, I mean, obviously they're correct because y'all are hearing me through sources of the internet. And so that gap between people's bias and their point of view on just the, the value that NFTs bring, it reminds him of when the internet first came out, right? He says, the macro idea of NFTs is brilliant. It's amazing. It's community. It's, it's all of these things that can bring value. However, why 98% of NFT projects will fail is because micro execution is a cliche gold rush. People are people are just making NFTs to make NFTs and they aren't really trying to build a community, really trying to have value and things of that sort, right? And so um, he just talked about the importance of NFTs is having utility and utility equals value. And then when you have value in something, it can become an instant asset for somebody else. So basically just, I feel like the best takeaway about the NFTs for him was, he said, short-term unpopular, for long-term win. And I was like, ooh, okay, Gary, like I'm listening. He talked about the importance of social media and how do you just become a social media guru like he is. The number one objective that you should have is to figure out where's everyone's eyes and ears every second. Use data, get in tune with the math, and when you are where everybody's eyes and ears are every second, you will build a community. You'll be successful. I was like, okay, great. And... um. Then Michael Rubin's the owner of a team, right? The 76ers. And the panelists asked a really, really amazing question, which I appreciated. The moderator asked a great question, which I was like, oh, that's a good one. Me being a podcaster, I'm always listening to the panels like, mm, bad question. Mm, they should have followed up with this. Or I'm like, oh, they ain't like, you know, they killing it. And the question that she asked was, well, Michael, Gary is a huge sports fan and a huge um, New York Jets fan. If he wants to, has any desires to own the New York Jets one day or be a part owner, what's the biggest advice you would give? And this was really good for me because I, I, you know, used to think like, hmm, one day I want to own my own team too. So I would love the perspective from owner. And he said, the thing that typically that new owners get wrong is that they try to be too involved rather than getting other people to lead. You own the team. That doesn't mean that you are the best basketball mind. That does not mean that you know every single thing about it. He said that he, his advice would be to get the best people for the position and get out the way. 
And I thought that was very, very, very great advice simply because um, in sports, a lot of things are passed down. No shade, but like Jeannie Buss got the Lakers from her dad. And a lot of these individuals and majority are white owners. They get inherited these teams, but did they earn it? Hmm. You know, that's that's the question. Um, do you really understand sports? No. And they think of it as a business. Um, however, I think the good commonality between good owners is you have to figure out, you have to understand the game. You have to put yourself in the perspective of a player. And then you have to understand the business behind things. And so I thought that was like really, really, really great advice. Lastly, my big takeaway from this was the question that she posed was that what's the biggest overall threat to sports? Michael Rubin said the biggest overall threat is to continue to innovate. Now, Gary V said something. I was like, whoa. He said, there's nothing threatening sports. I was like, hmm, okay. He said the macro of sports is forever. Meaning like, you know, sports has been around for been so many years y'all like they change and one becomes more popular than the other but sports and the community and the idea of that has been around in our in you know in our nation in our society for forever so he said the macro is forever however what's threatening sports is the complacency complacency is the threat to sports teams sports leagues and sports organizations when you become a team or organization that's complacent when you're at the top um, or you're the sport that dominates the day. This is the great thing he said. He was like, boxing kind of fell off, which is why, you know, Jake Paul and his brother are coming in and bringing pay-per-view and bringing it back and adding change. Horseback riding used to be a really big deal. It's not a big deal anymore. They tore down a lot of stables. So you have to not become complacent when you're a sports organization that is in the league, in the face of the sports community. You have to not have selfish behavior but you need to have a selfless mindset for the fans because it's not about you in sports we always talk about it is about the experience fans are coming for the experience so you have to continue to innovate as a leading organization do not become complacent and be selfless enough to be open to the ideas of how can I make this experience the best possible for the fans right I was like oh like that's good so I think those are my biggest takeaways Next, I went to a Title IX panel. Um, and, and wait, after after the panel, uh, everybody was rushing to talk to Gary Vee. And he came down, which I appreciated. He took pictures with people. He shook hands. And he had to catch a flight. But I had the moment to introduce myself, say, hi, Gary. And I shook his hand. Uh, I was hyped, y'all. <laughs> so that was the first panel. The next panel was about Title IX. If you guys aren't familiar with Title IX, I've actually had a couple podcast episodes about this. I'd suggest you guys go tune in, you know. But Title IX was basically the first law that banned discrimination based on sex. Um, and previous to Title IX, only 1% of school budgets were for women's sports. And so on this was Miguel Cardona, the U.S. Secretary of Education, Sue Bird, um, Lori, a decorated gymnast, and then also the Attorney General of Massachusetts, which is Mara Healy. And... That was amazing. That was absolutely amazing. I think it was a necessary conversation, but the biggest takeaway that I had from that was not what they said, but the audience. People were packed to see Gary Vee and Michael Rubin. And when it came to a Title IX um, conversation and panel with one of the, I mean, arguably one of the best WNBA players this had, the room was dang near empty. And for me, it was just like, wow. Another testament to how people view women, how people view women in sports. And I really was just paying attention. And I think the my favorite thing that I heard Sue say was 
women's sports need to be an investment and not a charity. And I totally agree. And I think that these companies and organizations who are starting to do marketing for them and sponsorships, think of this as an investment. Women sports are on, they're on the upcoming, like they're coming up. And so if you invest now, your ROI is going to be great forever. So uh, that's my encouragement for people from that. I actually, after the panel, I got to speak to Sue Bird. I really wanted to talk to Miguel. He had to go though. Y'all know that man is in a cabinet. So secret service was everywhere. Like, oh, you got to get out of here. So I talked to Sue. Um, I asked her the question that I wanted to ask her. So I was like, yes, I'm being intentional. I met Gary. I met Sue. Um, and we took a picture, which is amazing. And you guys can see it on my Instagram, um, Naya, N-I-Y-A, three A's dot underscore. And I posted all my pictures where I met everybody. It was amazing and great to just see her and actually shake her hand. Um, next panel I went to, it was called OK Zoomer, How Data Can Win Back Generation Z. So a couple people, Bohan, founder of Buzzer, it was Omar Raja, founder of House of Highlights, um, and then he's doing Sports Center's Instagram. Tim Clark, VP at NASCAR, and a moderator, TJ, he works for Twitter. Amazing panel. Um, I was just like, Tim Clark, whoa, VP of NASCAR. So I'm listening, and they had great points from the conversation, but I was like, I want to talk to Tim. Because me going into this, I know that journalism and being a podcaster is the direction that I would like to go in. And I know that NASCAR recently has a partnership with I'm Athlete. So I said, hey, after this, everybody's rushing to take autographs and get pictures um, from Omar and Bo. I'm like, nope, I want to talk to Tim. I want to talk to Tim because the NASCAR space needs African-American presence. The face of their fans are changing. Shout out to I Am Athlete, and especially with Bubba Wallace carrying this initiative on his back, them having to ban Confederate flags in their place. This is my leverage. This is time. So I go up to Tim, say, hey, Tim, I introduced myself. He's like, hi, nice to meet you. Super nice guy. So thank you, Tim. I appreciate it if you're listening to this. And um, just amazing guy. And we shook hands. I was ready to talk and I asked him just about I am athlete. Why did they think the partnership makes sense? Because I love I am athlete and I love like the intro NASCAR episodes. Talk to me about it. And I was like, I love to stay connected with you. Would you mind if I give you my resume? He was like, of course. I'm like, ooh, Anaya, you win your bag. Hey, that's what I was thinking in my mind. I'm like, yes. So I give him my resume. Yeah, I'm on top of the world at this point because it's just one of those. He, he told me, too, when I said I love um, I am athlete in NASCAR episodes. He like, I got to tell Brandon. I'm like, please do. Look, listen, I need somebody to see the value of your wrong sir, and give me the opportunity. So I say that was the my favorite interaction thus far of the entire panel, just because it relates to the podcast. He was super nice. And I gave him the link to my podcast. And if you can take one listen and this convinces you that, ooh, this is, you know, a podcast that we need to integrate with the NASCAR, that's amazing, right? And now that's a connection that I can build and continue to nourish forever. So when the time comes where I have a good idea for them, I can pitch it. And I'm not going to go too much, y'all, but the last few things, I met J.J. Reddick. He was on a podcast. It's called From NBA 75 to the Basketball 100 Panel. And so basically they were predicting what sports will look like in the future. And it was amazing. Uh, amazing JJ has a funny sarcastic spirit it's hilarious and he came down he actually I actually had a conversation with him I took a picture with him I was like I love your podcast I have one of my own and when I said that he was like yeah podcast 
I'm like, yes, I have a podcast. He said, DM me, send it to it, send it to me. And JJ actually see my DM. Um, hopefully he listens to my podcast and he commented under my Instagram post. So it was like, yes, yes, yes. Like I'm in my bag. Okay. Then last thing, I won't dive too much into it. I don't want to bore you guys, but I just want to give you just details about how it went for me. I was in the hallway and this this guy and everybody had credentials. So I had credentials. My, my credentials said Anaya Jones, Nike, et cetera. And you can see if a person was a speaker, a general attendee, if they were part of media and what company they worked with on the credentials. This guy, I turn around, I'm looking, and I see Bleacher Report. I said, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, let me go up to him. So he's made a conversation. I wait until he's done. And I was like, excuse me. He's walking off. I said, excuse me, Eric. He was like, yes. I said, hi, my name is Anaya Jones. Nice to meet you. Um, you know, I'm a student at U of I. I recently just looked over and I saw you had a Bleacher Report credential. Um, and that's just extremely timely because Taylor Rooks went to my school and I actually had it on my podcast. He was like, oh, you have a podcast. What is it called? I'm like, you're wrong, sir. He's like, <laughs> chuckles it up. Everybody loves the name. He's like, so what is your goal? You know, I'm like, for me, a net podcast network. I'm telling him what I want to do, et cetera. And he's like, take down my email give me your resume. And we host this event called the sports business classroom at the summer league in Las Vegas every year. Uh, write down that you heard it from me and, you know, we'll, we'll try to get you in there. Y'all what? I'm in my bag. Okay. That little simple interaction. I think that's why I'm explaining and breaking these things down because, um, I told you guys the biggest takeaways from each panel, but this conference was so important because you have so many people just walking around. You got Sue Bird walking around like it's casual. JJ Reddick, Bohan, Omar Raja, Eric Pincus, people from big companies that are just there to your access that you can just go up to. And they're looking and craving to network and find the next, you know, talent for whatever company they have. Take advantage of these opportunities. I went in being nervous but I wrote down what I wanted to take away and I was intentional and my intentionality allowed me to be confident enough to go up to these people, pitch myself, pitch my ideas, engage interest. And now that's a connection forever built. They have me on LinkedIn. They follow me on Instagram. So they're going to see every single thing that I post and whether or not an opportunity comes now, you never know when you'll be granted the opportunity to work with them. Right? So for me, this conference was just planting the seeds for all of the big dreams that I have. I never know when I will need these people and I never know when they'll need me, but I trust that God, God will guide me in the right direction and show me what's the perfect time and what's the right time and why I was intentional about meeting JJ that day and why I had to meet Eric that day and not somebody else at Bleacher Report. It'll all work itself out. Um, but it was such, it was so amazing. Like those were my biggest takeaways from each panel, but I met so many amazing people. I got to connect with so many other people. Um, a lot of other people subscribe to my podcast. So hopefully they're listening. So if you're listening right now and I met you at the sports panel, I appreciate you. I appreciate you so much. And um, I think my advice for anybody who's going to attend this conference or any sports conference, uh, you can make the best of the situation by asking yourself, who are you going into it? Who do you want to be coming out? If you know that there are people on the panel, okay, write down who you want to get in touch with. Make sure you attend the panels that they're going to. Um, little small things of that sort. And something that I was kind of like disheartened by, right? So many people are going to be fans of these events. So many people are going to love Sue. So many people are going to love Duke and JJ. So many people are going to love Megatron and Calvin Johnson. You are not coming there to be a fan. We hear a lot of people in the sports industry talking about if you are a fan, you don't need to work in the industry. 
it's great to love these people because I'm a fan, but that's not how you should come off, right? You should come off like you can add just as much value to them as they can add to you. I think that's the biggest thing for me. And I've seen people at the end of the Sue Bird panel going up to the gymnast and Sue like, hey, Sue, can I take a picture? Can I have an autograph? I didn't care for a picture. I didn't care for an autograph. Luckily, I got a picture, but I don't, I don't care about an autograph because one day I want people to be asking for mine. For me, I want to connect with you. I want you to remember me. I want you to be like, dang, I met this girl at the sports conference and she had this podcast called You're Wrong, Sir. And she was captivated. And I took a listen and I liked the podcast. WNBA, let's see how we can work with her. Together, the organization, the platform, the Sue built, man, let's see how we can work with her. That's what I want. I want visibility. I want next level. I want people to not look at me like a fan, but I want you to look at me as if I'm a business partner. I'm a prospect that you could potentially work with, right? And I think that's the biggest thing, um, takeaway that I was like, dang, y'all, don't be too thirsty for the autographs, but be thirsty to be memorable because she's not going to remember that picture. You will. Do you know how many people have asked for a picture? But she'll remember if you gave your resume. But they'll, re they'll remember if you... um you know, stood out and your elevator pitch was eloquent, right? And so I think those were the smallest things. But to me, the whole weekend, I got to see Boston. I'd never been there before. So I went a little shopping, shopped around. It was absolutely amazing. It was a life-changing experience. And I left feeling like, man, these were the most two productive days I've ever had back-to-back -back in my life. And I say that because it's one thing being in school and champagne and sending emails and sending out my podcast and links, hoping somebody will see, hoping somebody respond, hoping I can get in touch with somebody with Bleacher Report. But it's different when you are shaking the hand of the VP directly and not reaching out on LinkedIn. I gave him my resume directly. He'll remember me. And he, he, in my opinion, he's 10 times more likely to help me out or respond to me again than he is with somebody who he met on LinkedIn that just asked for a favor, right? And I think this conference showed me the importance of having your feet on the ground, having people see you, having people know who you are and really just, I mean, in-person interaction is amazing. Like Zoom is great, but y'all in person, y'all know that's just different. You can connect with somebody in person. You can feel energies in person um, and really build a genuine relationship in person. And so that would be my encouragement to everybody. My encouragement would be for people to look up the MIT Sports Sloan Analytics Conference, figure out who it is, I'm not sure when they release the applications for the mentee program again, but apply, you know, you can get in for free. It's definitely on my, uh, on my agenda to go again next year. And it was just fruitful. And so I know a lot of my listeners here aspire to be in the sports industry or a lot of people, you know, talk about I inspire them or they just love to just hear how I got into things. And for me, I think it's one thing to, um, hold insight within yourself that you learn but it's another thing to give back and give out and so I want to give back I want to give out I want to give to those um, who just are trying to get to where I am and really help pave the way for those behind me so I'm appreciative of MIT of Sloan of Miss Carmen Franco of MLT of my mentor Jason Campbell and most importantly all of the panelists and moderators who were graceful enough to share their time their knowledge and to speak with me to take my resume and see the value that myself and also my podcast you wrong sir can bring to them uh so i appreciate it thank you guys for tuning in like i said
go check out the MIT Sloan Conference, look it up and figure out if you can go. And if not, save money up to the date. You know, it's a year from now, so you got time. But uh, I just really wanted to share this with you guys, show you guys it was meaningful, give you a couple takeaways and really just talk about why it's so important to network, to see people important, trusting yourself, believe in yourself and pitch yourself. Because once again, success favors those who are aggressive. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll catch you guys next Friday. We out. Oh, 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 oh,